like to call a real slob kebab. Yeah, right. Hey guys, welcome back to Real Slob Kebab. I'm Sarah, and our slob kebabs of the week are Jamie Lynn Spears and Kanye West. So Jamie Lynn Spears has famously gone on her book tour where she's promoting her book. I don't even, I don't know the name. It's like things I wish I had said or something like that. It's very, um, if I, if I killed them, this is how I would do it energy. And she, in this interview is like, I just didn't notice what was going on with Britney because I was pregnant. You know, I was like 17 and pregnant. What? Like people who are self-involved don't understand that like it doesn't it doesn't take work to focus on yourself and others like it doesn't for someone who isn't self-absorbed and solely focused on themselves it's not you don't have to muster up extra energy to care about people like it doesn't feel like anything you're just like oh i care about myself and what i'm going through and i care about other people it doesn't feel like oh i have to what am i supposed to block off time and mental energy to care about the abuse of my sister like no that's not it's kind of like when Long Island Gina was talking to Shannon on OC and she was like, you shouldn't have to go out of your way to be nice to people. You should just be nice to people. That's kind of, that's what I would say to Jamie Lynn. Like, fuck you, Jamie Lynn. I hope nobody buys that book. And then Kanye, Chicago doesn't have a social media. Why are you wishing Chicago a happy birthday? She can't, she's four. She's four, so she's not going to watch this video. But you know who is? Millions of people who are now going to think that the mother of your children is a controlling bitch. So congratulations, Kanye. You messy fucking bitch. And oh, another slap kebab of the week, Che Diaz from Sex and the City. I finally caught up on all the Sex and the City after being traumatized by watching Miranda's kid have sex. Che Diaz is what a character. I love how they say that they've done a ton of weed when Miranda asks, like, why they didn't DM them back. I've done a ton of weed, Miranda. Amazing. Also, all the funny characters on that show are gone. Like, there was never Samantha, and now Stanford's gone. Every scene that has Anthony in it and not Stanford, it feels like a stepdad. Like, you're not my real fucking dad. No one would ever have invited you to this brunch before. So just be fucking grateful that you're here. Okay, on to the Real Housewives. Real Housewives of Miami. I love Gertie and her silent little fireman husband. I love how he just doesn't ever, like, contradict her or, like, you know, tell her how she's wrong. He's just like, yep, good good for you, babe. I love that because I feel like there's like a shtick on the housewives now where like husbands like hate their wives. Like, shut up. None of you deserve these women. Also, when did Nicole and Julia become friends? I hate when they just say that they're really close, but we never get to see them become friends. Like Nicole's like, yeah, Julia and I have really bonded. When? Where? I've just been seeing Julia suck Adriana's toes for the past few episodes. Where have you guys been hanging out? I love how Nicole's husband looks like a casual Santa Claus. Like, he looks like if Santa Claus had, like, a day off and just, like, went to the mall but, like, not in uniform. And then when Nicole asked Julia how she and Martina met, she just starts talking about how her daughter's going to college in Paris. Like, what? Can you think about your wife for a second? Julia seems... 
She's on her own page. She's not worried about anybody else. I feel like Martina's ready to move on. I think that foot massage was the nail in that coffin. Also, Lisa is 39 years old. That blew me away. She's in her 30s. She looks like she is preserving herself until the end of time. She's like, it looks like her face will never decay. Also, Larsa getting the Harper's Bazaar cover for her jewelry line? What? Harper's Bazaar? I mean, you know, I knew the magazine industry is going to hell in a handbasket, but the cover of Harper's Bazaar. And why would you want to be next to Kiki? I don't even want to be in an elevator next to Kiki. She is gorgeous. She would literally make me look like not even like a human. I wouldn't register as like a person next to her. And then when Nicole and Lisa go out to dinner, they're like sitting outside, the sound quality, they sounded like they were underwater. They sounded like this podcast. The production quality of Peacock. No, no, no. If this is what we have to look forward to, I would like it to go back to Bravo, please. What was that? I literally could not hear them at all. And then that penthouse they get, 50k a night? That's not worth 50k a night. That was like not even cute. You could get a way cuter Airbnb for less than 50k a night. And then poor Gertie with Alexia's wedding. I get that it's stressful and Alexia's like concerned, but four bars for four, four bars and four bartenders for 150 people. I think that sounds okay, right? I guess it's Miami and clearly everyone can drink their weight and alcohol, but I would say that's reasonable. Four bars for 150 people. I don't think I've ever been in a wedding with more than four bars. Now that I just said that, I feel like I've been at a lot of weddings where I wish there had been more than four bars. So maybe they're doing it right. And then they go to that cringy burlesque show. It looks like Candy's sex dungeon on a budget. Kiki's face this whole episode. She's like, how did I get here? Why am I here and how can I leave? And then the host asks Lisa what a fetish is. And she says, these women right here, this basic display of rich women, I don't. I don't think you understand what a fetish is. And then she says Julie's a fetish as if being gay is like a kink. I can't. And Julie's like, that was really emotional when she said that. Emotional? I can think of a couple of things it was, but I don't know if I would say it was emotional. And then the Adriana getting jealous of, you know, Lisa saying that. It's like, you're not, you're not actually dating her. You're not actually having sex with her. Either have sex with her or let's stop hearing about this. Shit or get off the pot, ladies. And then they have that weird game at the end of the night, like a sexual game, but it's just them. Kiki's face, again, when they bring out the whipped cream, she's like, what in the fuck? She's like, I'd rather be sucking on a goat's tit than this. And I'm pretty sure if Martina wasn't cool with a foot massage, she's not going to be okay with you deep-throating an almond into Lisa's mouth. I don't think, I don't think that's going to go well for you, Julia. And then I love how Julia in her confessional was like, I don't flirt because I'm gay. I flirt because I need a lot of attention. I flirt because I'm deeply insecure. It's like, yeah, we got that, babe. And then there was all that buildup just for like them to like suck an almond. That was it. And then Lisa's like, well, I'm tired. 50K a night for that sleepover? A night at the Berkshires is free. And all the shit that happens there, like they really need to step it up. And then it ends with that really sad lunch with Nicole and her dad. 
I don't know who needs to hear this, but you don't have to feel guilty about not keeping a relationship with a parent who doesn't give a shit. Like, they don't give a shit. Why should you have to give more of a shit than the parent? Believe it or not, they made a conscious decision to have you. And if they regret it, that's on them. But yeah, it is not your responsibility to uphold these crappy relationships, and it doesn't make you a bad person if you don't. So, Nicole, I know you listen to the pod. Get out, babe. You don't have to call your dad, lose his number. I forgive you. Forgive yourself. Okay, Real Housewives of OC. Heather's kids buy buy book party. The episode opens. Does she hit on that girl in the crystal shop? I, like, had no idea what was happening there. It was like she was hitting on her, but they were also like, are you not straight? Me too. (laughs) So, like, I couldn't tell. Are they just trying to, like, be friends? Because it didn't seem like they had, like, a I want to fuck you chemistry. But I don't know. Good on her for, like, asking for a number. That's, I could never do that at that age. Also, bless Gina for thinking South Africa is a continent. Everything about Emily and Shane's marriage disgusts me. Every single thing about Shane makes me want to throw up. I hate how she wants Jen to stick out her miserable marriage with this shirtless nightmare because nobody's going to date a 45-year-old woman with kids in Orange County. Good. Like, what are these men adding to your lives? Be single. I'm sorry, since when is being alone worse than being with these fucking douchebags? It blows my mind that Emily thinks she's happier now than she would be without Shane in her life. All he does is make her feel bad. He's mad at her in this episode for going to bed at 8 o'clock. And what? Not having hot sex with you? Like, please. And Noella being like, oh, I bet he's great in bed. No. I, I know he's not. I know for a fact he is not. That makes it sound like I had sex with him. He's not. There's no way. She's like, yeah, he's short. So he like probably goes down on her all the time. No, he doesn't. Shane? He can't even bother to like keep his eyes open at a party. I don't think he's eating pussy all night. I just like feel like these women need to, they need to know that there is more out there. I do love Emily for bringing a turkey sub into the sauna though. That's another thing I've learned in my old age is you should always have a turkey sandwich in your bag. Also, I love how the OC ladies, if you're go- if one of them is going through something, they just reassure them that they look good. They're like, yeah, my dog was hit by a car. And they're like, well, you look great. So cheers. I also genuinely don't know what Noelle is mad about anymore. Like at first I was kind of following. I was like, okay, Instagram tags, thirsty, lemonade, got it. But now, like, Heather changed Jen with a phone call or Nicole? I mix up Jen and Nicole all the time. I think it was Nicole. But, like, what? I don't even get it. I hate Heather, though, so, you know, anyone who wants to yell at her, that's fun. And then we, like, meet Max's friends at the party. I don't need to meet Max's friends. Was this going to be a spinoff? I don't, we don't need to meet the young people. Oh, and then Nicole, after having that awkward as hell dinner with Noelle, where basically Noelle was crying and she was like, okay, well people are looking appetizers are here like get it together then they have that horrible phone call where nicole's like i'm disengaging and just like hangs up on noelle i don't think you guys had a real friendship i feel like that how could that possibly have been a real friendship it seems like nicole hates you noelle and then why does emily keep saying she's 45 like that's 100 years old you're very hot emily i know you listen to the podcast too you're so hot what are you doing get out 45 is young. I love too how Jen cuts off. Heather's like telling a romantic story about like her first date with Terry. 
And Jen cuts her off to be like, I met this guy at a breakfast buffet. Like, what? It makes me feel so bad that Jen, like, feels the need to make these jokes about her horrible relationship. I've been there where you're in, like, a really bad relationship where you're like, oh, this one's so funny, right? And it's like, no. No, this isn't funny. Nothing about this is funny. Leave him. And then she's like, yeah, I met him at a breakfast buffet and it was love at first sight for me, but he needed years to come around. Years. This man, this grown man named Ryan, who changed his name to Ryan, R-Y-N-E, he needed years to come around to this beautiful, successful doctor. Are you high? And then that wild scene that came felt like it came out of nowhere where Emily is like having a fake conversation on Dr. Jen's like rhinestone phone purse, purse shaped like a phone. And she starts talking about student loans and then like randomly comes for Jen for like being rich and not having to pay her way through school. First of all, you all graduated school like 25 years before the recession. So I don't even want to fucking hear about your rags to riches story. Okay, I don't don't want to hear it. Second, what are you talking about? And Jen immediately got defensive. So I felt like she like felt like it was a criticism that was going to be coming or something. And she's like, well, I was on a scholarship. And then Emily's like, but isn't your family rich? You're all rich. What are you talking about? And then she wants Jen to admit that she like married that billionaire or was with that billionaire for his money. Who cares? Who cares? No one knows why you're with Shane. We just let you do that. Weird troll. We don't ask questions. I didn't get that. She, Emily was hammered. And then Long Island Gina comes over and her eyes are completely closed. I don't understand why they got the most drunk they've ever been at this child's book party. This is literally like not the time, not the place. And then it ends with Emily and Shane leaving and she's like, I'll let you put it in my butt or something. Like what? Why are you giving this man anything? Even your asshole. Why are you doing that? I hope she fell asleep before he could get anywhere near her bowl. Okay, SLC. This is just, I felt like nothing and everything happened in this episode. I felt like it went by so fast. First of all, why wouldn't an investigator have uncovered this stuff about Jen? If you did hire an investigator to investigate all these women, wouldn't, if they were worth their weight, wouldn't they have found this information about Jen? Homeland Security doesn't just, you know, arrest people after a long weekend, I'm assuming there's like a big investigation that goes into, you know, you need a lot of evidence before you can just arrest someone. Am I naive for thinking that? Maybe I'm naive for thinking that. But I like, I just don't think, I feel like this investigation on Homeland Security side has to have been going on for longer than the whole like Meredith's son vagina debacle, right? I don't know, but... It just makes sense that if you hired an investigator that you would have that information. And she's being really defensive about it. I think Meredith, yeah, I think Meredith knew. But that being said, Jen is not ready to like take accountability for any of this because clearly you did something, Jen. Like Homeland Security is not just going to get a call from Meredith and be like, oh, you want us to arrest her for petty reasons? Just for pettiness? Okay, sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll meet you, Beauty Lab and Laser. Got it. We'll be there. Like, I just don't think they have that kind of pull. And I don't think Mary would go directly to the feds because that seems a little too flying too close to the sun. Like, why would you be running a death cult and want to go anywhere near like the feds? I don't know. Doesn't That doesn't seem, that seems risky. Jen crying in the Sprinter van saying that she just had a hot dog 
reminded me of me every single night in college. I feel like that's how every night of mine ended. I don't get the why did Jen forgive Lisa in the Sprinter van and then throw champagne and a weave at her. I feel like we just have to move on at a certain point. She like has so much rage against everyone but herself. And I, I feel like she needs to look into that. Meredith is completely a character on It's a Small World. She is a animatronic. What do you mean by that? Every line she delivers, it's painful. Also, Drunk Drawn on Instagram has been doing a series of her like breastplates in her confessionals. And it's really funny. So go follow them. Also, was it me or was there a B-roll shot of like raw chicken in front of a mountain? It was like a kebab of like shrimp and chicken in front of like a beautiful Zion view. I didn't understand. What was that about? And then, of course, they have to do that, like a healing circle where some white lady is handing out indigenous blankets, which what is that? Mary was actually relatable in the beginning of this episode. She was like, I'm not doing all this shit. And then after they all are healed with the white lady in the desert, they have a dinner and Whitney's toast is basically like, well, I hope we can have the messiest dinner possible. Cheers. I love that. She's like, I'm going to bring up everything. And then Meredith gets immediately defensive when asked about why she and Mary weren't on the plane. She's like, I uh, had to take my husband to the doctor. You had to take him to the doctor and you cut up his bananas? Are you four? Is he four years old? Like, you're being, this is way too weird. You're being way too defensive. And then in her confessional, she's like, I am an adult. If I want to take a rocket ship, I can. It's like, obviously we're not... Like, yeah, you're an adult who can transport yourself any way you want. That's clearly not the issue. You know that's not the issue, right? And then to put it on Jenny, like, she called Jen a criminal. And Jenny was like, no, I said if she did it, I wouldn't want to associate with a criminal. And I remember Jenny being, like, very neutral. Like, actually, like, almost disappointingly so. Like, she seemed like she really didn't care. And I was like, hmm, that's strange. But her and her husband clearly said, like, innocent until proven guilty. Like, I remember them being very, like, neutral and, like, facts-based about it all. And then fucking Meredith at the dinner is like, well, in the U.S., it's, you know, guilty until or innocent until proven guilty. Ex- in the U, excuse me, in the U.S. Was that like a dig that I wasn't born here? Like, fuck you, Meredith. I think Meredith is a gross human being. And then I don't know if it's my ADHD, but I could not follow the argument after that. I feel like it's a lot about like who's loyal to who. Like nothing like is happening, but they're all very mad. And then as Whitney's yelling, you can just hear Mary be like, your arms over the food. Have some manners. Like, what? Mary is such a freak. She truly has alliances with no one. Like, she knows no God. She really is God in her world. And then Jenny was just trying to say, so I I get, I understand why they're like, Meredith, why the fuck are you hanging out with Mary? Because she's being so unhinged toward all of them. Like, getting mad at Whitney for, like, the text and being racist against Jenny. Like, They're like, what the fuck? Like, why would you defend this clearly indefensible person? And she also has a cult. And like, religiously traumatized Cameron. And Meredith gets like, upset that Jenny, like, Jenny's basically like, why wouldn't you have my back when she made that like, racist comment? You basically shrugged and were like, well, I don't know if it's offensive. And Meredith starts to cry and says, I already said I'm not in a mental state for this level of dissension. Shut up, Meredith. No one's being racist against you. Literally, what have you gone through? What are you emotionally drained from cutting up too many bananas before you left town so your husband had something to snack on? 
What are you emotionally drained by? The feds aren't after you. No one's being racist against you. Literally no one is attacking your family anymore. No one cares about your creepy wax museum of a nuclear family. Nobody cares. Get over it. It's like the stupidest thing that's ever happened. I feel like Meredith is covering up something now. Like, did you do something? Like, do you have a felony? Like, what? Who cares? And she just starts sobbing, running upstairs like a little bitch. And even Mary's like, I just want to eat my steak. I don't want to go after her because Mary has no alliances. She does not care about anybody. And then Meredith saying she's traumatized around Jen. She really is way too much. She, I think, is one of the worst housewives in history. I really can't stand her. And that was it for SLC. I watch Vanderpump, but what is there to say other than I just want Sheena to start making better decisions with her life? I've been watching this show for way too long. And she's been making bad decisions pretty much every episode. So it hurts. And that's all I have this week. Um, follow me on Lovely Peace Trash on Medium and Instagram, and that's it. Love you. Bye. Excuse myself. I was very clear. I'm not in a mental state for this level of dissension.